Well, all I know is you just don't you just don't believe you're going to go march in there against the Georgia State Panthers and think you're going to walk out of there either. I'm just telling. I'm just telling you. Okay. Uh, we are rolling. All right, Georgia let's State go. Pan- Panthers who, who play who play in what used to be Turner yeah. Field. I lo- so. I love it. Well, let's let's ramp into this three, two, one. All right, sports fans, welcome to the post Labor Day edition of the TMG podcast. This is Chris Dufresne, aka Rankman. I'm here with uh, three of the uh, the fellow podsters, as we call them. Tony Barnhart, situated and not in Situate. That's Mark Blouchin. Tony is in Atlanta. Mark Blouchin, you are in uh, Situate, ready to go. Yes, I am. And uh, Tom Lucci. Uh, as we call him, Don the Beachcomber from his last, uh, no, his two appearances when he was at the, where were you? We were at the... Yeah, I was on the beach. This, this time I'm not far from the birthplace of college football. Oh, wow. That's right. We're, we're still so. com, um, we're coming up on that anniversary on November something, 6th, I think, 9th, 6th. There we go. All right, we're ready to go. We had a, a full slate of college football action. Uh, much like the zero week, I saw a lot of fumbles. I saw a lot of penalties. I saw a lot of exciting games. But uh, uh, let's get to it. We're going to do uh, uh, you know a different format suggested by Jersey guy Mark Blauchin about uh, sort of taking up what Tom Lucci does every Sunday in his fine wrap, weekend wrap-up. Wrap but we're going to start with uh, biggest losers and and winners, and we're just going to kind of go around the table and uh, get your thoughts. Let's start with Tony. Uh, biggest losers, and I know <laughs> I love I love what I know wow. the answer. I love what I know the answer <laughs> to the question. But the biggest yes, loser and winner, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's football time <laughs> in Tennessee, as, yes. as the great John Ward used to say. No, Georgia State, whose program was just started just 10 years ago, who's been in the FBS in the Sun Belt for about four years, who has never beaten a Power 5 team, checked off all the boxes on Saturday by winning at Neyland Stadium, 38-30. to And the neat thing about it all, guys, is it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a bounce of the ball. It wasn't a bunch of turnovers. Georgia State lined up and kicked their butts for 60 minutes. And the coaches at Georgia State looked at the film and said, we can kick these guys' butts. And they did it. And it was, um, there's a lot of very sad people on Rocky Top. But it was, that easily was the upset of the day. How, how do you think that's going to play in Knoxville over the next uh, few weeks? Uh, not very well at all, because <laughs> this was... Uh, this was the season where they were five and seven last year, first year under Jeremy Pruitt. But everybody was saying, okay, first year coach, yada, 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 we're going to be better. We should be able to get to a bowl game. Fine. Now, you know, obviously Georgia State was one of the ones they were counting on to get to six wins. And now all of a sudden you look at the way they played. Uh, you know, it, it, let's just put it this way they, they get the mighty BYU Cougars who hung in there with Utah last week. Uh, if they lose this game, it will be ugly. I mean, the stadium, the stadium was all, the stadium was almost empty when the game was still in doubt. People started leaving at halftime because they just said, I'm not going to watch this. So wow. it's, uh, it's, it's, 
it's ugly, particularly with Philip Wilmer sitting in the AD seat. Yep. That's that's going to be interesting. Now I'm going to break I'm going to break format already, just because of the topic you brought up, and I'm going to bring in uh, uh, Tom Lucci because of look, there was a you know, uh, Greg Schiano could have had this job, correct? Uh, or was uh, that was yes. kind of that was kind of blo- <laughs> that was kind of blown up uh, with all sorts of uh, Penn State, uh, you know, rehashings. Tom Tom Lucci, do you think that Tennessee re- you know regrets making this sort of? I mean, they basically used the Penn State uh, past of Greg Schiano as a reason why they didn't want him as as the coach, and and this is who they got. So, uh, a little back. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I'm- I'm not sure if, uh, you know, what they're thinking there, but uh, when that mob mentality took over on Twitter and social media, uh, it was unfortunate because I, I'm not sure Greg would have done a great job there. I'm not, I'm not sure that that's a great fit for him, but uh, I guess it couldn't have been any worse. You know what, Chris? There's always, if it's a bad situation, there's always a Rutgers connection. Here's another one. Tennessee's starting quarterback, uh, Garantano, is the son of one of the best wide receivers in Rutgers history. Yeah. So you can be sure that if Tennessee hits the tank next year, Garantano will be in the transfer portal. He'll be at Rutgers next year. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is. I'm already, we're going, we're going out of business. This is his junior year. I'm saying transfer portal. What I love about uh, being able to do this podcast is that we we are all so uh, old, I guess is the word, that we, I mean, uh, Tom Lucci and Mark Blauchin uh, know Greg Schiano. I mean, Lucci covered Schiano yeah. at Rutgers. And, and, and Mark, you go back to Schiano from, uh, from what's your connection? Jersey. It has to be a Jersey connection, doesn't it? Or is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... That is a yeah, yeah, I've covered Greg all 12 years. Yeah. So, yeah, we can bring up a subject here, and we're not just talking about it. I mean, we have guys that with, you know, direct direct pipelines. And uh, and, and so Jersey guy Mark Blouch, and uh, when the Channel kind of stuff hit the fan at, at Tennessee, I mean, uh, how did you come down on that? And, and I, you may have con- – I think you might have some secret back channel to, to Greg Shiano. I, I did. I, I did talk to – I talked to Greg, and we should talk to Greg, too. And uh, I've been in contact with when Greg took the job with the Patriots for about three weeks. 
uh, I was in contact with him too. And so uh, I'll tell you this quick story, and I don't want to go. But how, how quick is it? When, when, <laughs> when Lucy was covering 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 records, I, I I always kept in contact with with with, with Lucy during during the football season. So one time I I, I was paying no attention to clock, so I call, I called called up on his cell phone at the same time that Shannon was having his post practice uh, press conference. And Luke had forgot to turn off his phone, and and, and so so the phone rings, and Shiama goes, "Is that Blouchin?" Luke looks at the phone, he goes, "Yes, it is." So that one, I mean, that's, that's the connection we have. That's funny. All right, let's, let's get back on format. Back to Tony, biggest loser. He just met Tennessee. That was a that was a softball. Biggest winner uh, coming out of the uh, Labor Day. To you, oh uh, Albert. Uh, Auburn yeah, beating yeah. Oregon, not only beating Oregon, but the way they beat Oregon, uh, the way they fell behind twenty-one to six, and they didn't, they didn't panic. Uh, he he stuck with the young quarterback, and he got a little bit better, a little bit better. And then the last possession, uh, he he did a really good job, and just you know, in terms of getting off to a start, it was a game that Malzahn really needed. It was a game that the kid Nick's really needed. So that's a. Yes. Uh, they're in a situation now where, you know, they've got Tulane and Kent State the next two weeks. Then they go to go to College Station, play Texas A and M. That'll be big. Um, what did you think of the, the the beautiful hail mary attempt by at the end of that game by <laughs> I said, Justin Herbert threw the worst hail mary attempt. Uh, I think it landed in El Paso or, or Waco. Uh, I was the fact that it was in the tenth row. Uh, well, here, but here's here's the deal, guys. Here's here's the thing nobody talked about after that game. Gus Malzahn screwed up. He scores and he's up by five and five. He kicks the extra point. If you got yeah. when you're up by five, it's it's on the card. It's automatic. If they had thrown the hail mary and scored, they kicked the extra point to win the game. Yeah, that was that was a mistake by Malzahn. Yeah, and what about tw- at twenty one twenty? Or didn't he go for the earlier when the, he didn't try to tie the game? Right, he left it at uh, at twenty one twenty, I think. Um, well, no, no, no. What happened was they scored a, they scored a touchdown, and he wanted and he was going to go for two, but then he got a penalty. Still right, should have right, gone right. for two. Yeah, at twenty one twenty. But the he deci- got all yeah. hot, and bothered, but yeah, he, he still should have gone for two, even though he was uh, backed up a little. Yeah, they had they, they they backed up. So. Yeah. All right, good stuff. We'll be back to uh, Tom Lucci. Uh, this is your sort of your idea, biggest loser, biggest winner. Big. Uh, so let's start. Uh, give me a, give me your biggest first, loser. Well, first thing to say about Herbert's hail mary. At least he didn't hit a cheerleader in the head, face. <laughs> oh, like the way he like he, Oh my god! And he and he didn't oh. even mention it on the broadcast. That poor girl took one right to the you know schnozola. And you can see he was hurting. I mean, it hit her right the head. And, and Herb Street and uh, Fowler are just oblivious to, uh, and then they had later in the game, some Notre Dame kid got a, uh, looked like a concussion on, on at the end of a run, and, and no mention. They were just you know, anyway. I um, I digress. Go ahead. Biggest um, loser. Uh, biggest losers. I, I'm going to go with a tie. Three quarters of the Pac-12 and half the SEC. Don't steal my material. <laughs> don't steal Those my are material. Be my biggest losers. Okay. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just, uh, the Pac-12, I, I just don't know what you can say anymore uh, that hasn't been said. I, I'll say more. I'll say more in a minute. <laughs> you know, um, but, and the other thing is, I, I think, and, and I 
I hate to be a knee-jerk reaction because that's what happens too often in the first week. Right. You see a lot of these crazy scores, then people get straightened out. But um, the SEC looks very top-heavy again. Yeah. You know, that, that's that's the initial appearance that I got. And so, you know, we saw some scores that were very surprising. I mean, the, the fact that, uh, you know, uh, South Carolina would lose to North Carolina, which obviously wasn't very good, and Mac being back there and, you know, a, a couple of the other games that we saw in the SEC, Memphis winning, right, against uh, 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 Ole, Miss. Against Ole, Ole Miss. Miss. yeah. Ole yeah. Miss. Yeah, so again, that was the initial impression for me. And then, that, uh, uh, and don't forget uh, Missouri going to Wyoming, which was, uh, as I said, I've been, to, I've been to Laramie. I've been to that stadium, 7,100 feet. It's it's not only hard to play there; it's hard to breathe there. And I, again, I don't know why. Who would make that? Who would make that game for for Mizzou? But uh, anyway, go ahead, Tom. Big uh, biggest winner. No, I was going to say that, that's just my uh, just my my initial thoughts on the on the losers. I, I uh, you know, and Arizona, just Arizona bad performance in Hawaii. I, I mean, the Pac-12 again. What what do you? I mean, you're closer to it than I am, too, but. What do you say about them anymore? How, how do you defend them? Uh, I don't defend them. I didn't. I didn't graduate from a Pac-12 school. I try to tell people that all no. the time. I was born. Yeah, I was born out here. Board. That's true. But uh, yeah. I, I probably follow. You know, I follow the SEC as close as I follow the Pac-12. I mean, to be honest with you. Yeah, but you but you live out there, so you own them, dude. Come on. I don't own them. Yeah, I. I, I, I look. I watch. I don't. The Pac-12 network is. I don't get the Pac-12 network in 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 uh, Los Angeles. I do get the SEC network. They used to be on on a public access <laughs> channel, KDOC, and I would I would get to watch SEC games in the morning. Uh, now I get to watch them all. But anyway, I'll I'll get. I will own. I will own them, and I'll get back to them. Uh, did you? As soon as you finish your uh, the the subject category that you yeah, created, I, winner. Uh, we need winner. Not when too much I, when, negativity. When I said the, when I when, yeah. Well, first of all, when I said defend them, I didn't mean you personally defending them. I'm saying in the general argument or debate about yeah. the, the playoff. I will. I how will. How do you make space for them anymore? I will. You know, I will. I will. I will. As soon as you finish, then when we get to uh, Mark, then I will state my case. So go ahead. <laughs> go yeah, ahead, okay. uh, winner. Um, uh, I, I think because of what we saw offensively, Oklahoma. Some of the skip a beat offensively. I like it. I, you know, you have to say Jalen Hurts is a really good fit there. You'd wonder where they would be without that situation with, with getting Jalen Hurts. So I think that the way that they looked offensively, yeah, there were some flaws defensively, but Houston is not a bad offensive team. Uh, so I, I think Oklahoma, because they found the perfect guy to follow up on their back-to-back Heisman winning trophy quarterbacks. Yeah. All right. Good choice. Mark Blauchin, losers and winners. Well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you have the obvious, and because it's like picking on you know on a, a cripple with put the patch. Well, yeah, find somebody I'm gonna, else. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's the SEC. I mean, it'd be, forget Auburn. I mean, I mean, I mean, forget. I mean, for, for, forget uh, yeah, what do you Auburn, call it, Tennessee. Right, right. Forget the, forget Tennessee. Let's let's look at what, what you Missouri, Mississippi, South Carolina. The SEC is not supposed to lose games like this in September. They're just not. That's what that's what they feed off of, and they and they get their reputation by beating each other up. That's what they get their reputation. When you start losing those games, then you then you go into the league season. Then you can have problems. So I we might have we might have a a, a like concept. We might have a top of the SEC and a bottom 
the bottom half of the SEC might, might be pretty pretty average or, or mediocre. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Good call. Yeah, what about what about winner? You have a winner, or are you just all winner, negative? Uh, I, I got I got two winners. One's obvious, one's not so obvious, and it's going to sound like a again where I'm coming from. Boston College won a game and had to win. It had it had to win. It played it played a good game against the Virginia Tech team that's going to have some problems this year. But the big thing is, if you look at the schedule for Boston College, it's not inconceivable to say they could be seven and zero. They played Richmond, uh, Rutgers, um, you know, Wake Forest, Louisville, um, North Carolina State. In the next five weeks, they could win all of those games. Now they finished with five tough games, uh, which could be there. You know, typical to see the Dodgers could be seven and five again. Uh, and the other, the other winner was more subtle, and I kind of and it's, and it's a nuance, and maybe it's, it's personal again. Michigan State's offense looked like it was legitimate uh, in its opening opening win, and 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 I and I and I think I think if their if their offense is good, defense is good, they could be a sleeper in the big in the Big Ten. All right, that's a well, that's a good call. Okay, <clears throat> clear the clear the room. Here we go. Uh, rank man's Uh-oh, losers and go. winners. Loser, but Pac-12. Okay, Tom, I'm going to follow up on. Oh, what you mentioned earlier. Here's the deal, and I actually wrote I wrote a uh, I wrote a column about this, and I said the problem with the Pac-12 is starts at the top and and, and goes down. Leadership, coaching, quarterback play. Okay, if you don't have any of those three from from the top down, you ain't gonna win in this uh, in this sport. So leadership, the commissioner. Obviously, uh, they've fallen behind in his 10 years. The Pac-12 is 0-10 against ranked SEC opponents in his tenure. They've fallen dreadfully behind in the revenue stream, all the other conferences. Leadership, I mean, uh, coaching. I've said this, and Tony, I I know, and you guys will back me up. If you don't, since Pete Carroll left for the NFL, and I will say Chip Kelly won, left for the NFL, uh, there is not a coach in this league that can stand up and and beat in a tough uh, situation Nick Saban, Dabo, uh, Urban Meyer, any of the echelon coaches we're talking about. Um, so, and Mario Cristobal is not that guy. <laughs> and, and Mario Cristobal at Oregon is like Mark Helfrich was as, at Oregon going against Urban Meyer in the national title. Oregon had the, the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, and Ohio State had its third string quarterback and won the game. Why? Because Urban Meyer was the coach. Quarterback play. The Pac 12 has a lot of really fine quarterbacks. Justin Herbert is, is supposed to be one of them. But in his moment, going against a true freshman from Auburn, this is like Jake Browning a couple years ago. In his moment, fumbles the ball. Uh, in the fourth quarter, going down for what could be uh, a winning drive, so they can't close, and they now they have all sorts of injuries. USC lost JT Daniels to an ACL. USC is in big trouble. Uh, Stanford uh, Kate, uh, Costello got knocked silly uh, last week over in, in beating Northwestern. I don't know if he's going to play this week. Um, I, I don't. I don't see it at the top now. They got look Oregon. Oregon stood up to, to. I was impressed with their defense. They stood up and played against Auburn. They they played. They should have won the game. They should have been ahead twenty eight three in the in the second quarter, but they didn't do it, and that's the story. Um, so 
uh, if anybody else want to chime in on that and want to, you know, say where I'm wrong. They look a lot of, look a lot of points on the table, that's for sure. And, yeah. and to me, that's coaching. Yeah. I mean, you know, you well, been a few stops. Has he been successful at either stop? I'd argue no. It's the ball. So what he's doing at, at that school with all those resources, uh, I have no idea. I, I don't know. It's kind of like the Florida well, State situation. And, and when, what are they doing? T- Willie Tiger there? I don't know. Tony, when it came down to it, Gus Malls on called a ballsy, a ballsy play. Didn't set up for the field goal. They went right. for the they went for the jugular and it, and they won. Yep, and 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 it paid off. Well, think about Gus, and I think I may have mentioned this before. Uh, every time I have met with Gus this year, he and he and I've had three or four private conversations. He is totally relaxed. Uh, he's he's he he's taking it in stride. The fact that he'd go ahead and name the true freshman as starting quarterback when the other guy had played a little bit, he's he's pushed all his chips into the middle of the table and says, "Okay, if I'm going down, I'm going down doing it my way, calling the plays and playing what and doing what I want to do. And if you want to if you want to fire me, I got 26 million reasons why I'm going to be okay with that. Right. You know, and he and he's been there. He's he's played and he's coached in a national title game. Mario Cristobal looked like a guy that hadn't been there, and he hasn't. And uh, and yeah, I he think he, and yeah. I think he's a you know you can't be grooming coach coaches and also expect to be competing for national titles. That's a hard thing to do. Uh, and I think you know there are I think there are some really good. Uh, Chris Peterson is a I think a really good coach. But, but he's not coaching the way he did at Boise when he when he was more like the the, the gun the riverboat gambler and he, he's coaching like a guy that's a little bit scared or has better players and is not going to take as many chances and I understand that but that's an interesting point when Blau and I were talking about this yesterday uh, in a conversation and and I brought up to him that I am alarmed surprised and and shocked at the absence of quality coaches in college football these days. Yeah. I had said to him, you know, you look yep. at the top, there's, you know, look at who's the best coach, would you say, right now in the Big Ten? Think about it. <sighs> Urban, Urban Meyer. No, but he's not. No, he's, no, 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 that's the Fox, best coach at the Fox Network. Um, I know. Mark D'Antonio. Yeah, I would say that. Coming, well, coming off a four and eight season, right? No. No, we're seven and six. <laughs> no, so, says, the, says the man who picked them number one last year. He's defending them all the way into 2019. They were seven. They, they were lost four and eight last year, Luch. They they well, lost. Is there four and eight the year before? Yes. So say he said two years in a row where you say, you know, what's going on? I agree. He's a good coach. So I'm saying that's the guy that we we settle on. Mark D'Antonio is the is the best coach. Not not yeah. elite, not elite. There's four guys, maybe five. I think in the country that are elite and they're winning all the national titles, you know? Uh, right. So let's get to uh, winners. I, I have to, uh, uh, well, go ahead, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Chris, what, one, one, one big loser we forgot to mention is Florida state. And that was the scramble. No, 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 I'm getting, I'm oh, getting, I'm getting to okay. them. I'll, I'll include, right. I'm going to include them. They're part of my winner's package. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They are, you'll see. Uh, all right. My my, I have, I have two winners. The first winner is the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Um, the renovation. I went to the USC game the other night, and they put you know three hundred fifteen million dollars into it. Uh, it's, and uh, I said it was like uh, you know, like Betty Davis getting a, in a, a facelift or a nip and a tuck. It, 
It's beautiful. <laughs> it was a beautiful. It was, uh, you know, they, it was. It showed much better than the USC Trojans did. My second winner. Getting back to your question, Mark, the Mountain West Conference, and we no one's really mentioning this. Uh, well, Tom mentioned Hawaii beating Arizona. Boise State, Boise State, with a true freshman quarterback going to uh, what was supposed to be Jacksonville, then the game got moved to Tallahassee, uh, uh, beating Florida State. And I know how bad Florida State is, but um, as as we're watching, (laughs) I'm getting texts from uh, uh, UCLA fans that go, "How does Boise have a fresh, a true freshman that can go to Florida State and win, and we can't?" We can't, you know, win it at Cincinnati with a, a second-year guy. But uh, I thought that was impressive. That guy is a good coach. Um, and then Wyoming, another good coach. You know, beating an SEC team in 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 Laramie, uh, very impressive. Fresno uh, was uh, took USC to the to the wire, and Fresno State won twelve games last year, but they had only three starters returning on offense, and they. Uh, they were intercepted in the end zone with a chance to send the game to overtime in the fourth quarter. I'm sure none of you guys saw that because it was 2.45 in the morning Eastern time. So, um, so yeah, Mount, I'll give, the, give a shout-out to the Mountain West. Um, and uh, so there we San are. San Diego State gave Minnesota a pitch, though. Huh? Right? Didn't, didn't Minnesota have to score late and get a two-point conversion to beat San Diego State? Uh, yeah, and and uh, – uh, uh, I think last year, who went? Some, didn't somebody went to to Minnesota and lost. I think Fresno. That's what was their loss. I think and they lost in a last second play at Minnesota. So yeah, the Mountain West is playing some good ball. Um, but uh, let's let's move on. Uh, and, and is this part? Of, I think this is part of the Lucci package. Biggest surprise. Um, and uh, if you can, Tom, let's. Uh, is it? Is anything jump out to you on his biggest surprise of the weekend? Uh, yeah. I think North Carolina's winning. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good one. You you know, I I think that would be one, you know, because you you would think that it would take Max a year year or two. You know, you know he can recruit, but a year or two. I I think that initially jumped out at me that that they were able to do that in his very first game. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, Mark Blauchin, anything jumped? uh, If you say BC Eagles, they were going to cut you off. you just mentioned you just mentioned it is it, in Florida State. I mean, had a bad year last year. I mean, and, and Willie Taggart has proven he can coach at Florida State, and he might not be able to have much more than one year to prove it. But they had a thirty-one thirteen lead against Boise, which no one thought Boise was it was the cream of the crop of the of, of, of the of the Mountain West. They that, that that they're they're a good team, but not a great team. And thirty-one thirteen lead, and they and they get outscored. You know, they lose thirty-six thirty-one, and he doesn't and he doesn't have a clue as to what happened. I mean, I, I I think you want to talk about surprise. I'm, I I thought they would get better, but they I, I I'm not sure if they will are better or will be better. And, uh, and, and go and, go ahead. Who was that, Tony? It was Tony. Well, yeah. I was simply going to say to the categories we need to add. All right. The what what we will call the rationalization of the week. Okay. <laughs> you 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 remember the scene from the Big Chill where Jeff Goldblum says. Rationalizations are more important than sex. You know, yeah, cause have, have you ever gone a month without a good rationalization? I mean, so Willie Taggart played team played Boise State from Utah. Okay, 
Willie Taggart said in his press conference that they did not, his team did not handle the humidity very well <laughs> and was not hydrated properly, and therefore that contributed to their loss. Well, let's see. Willie Taggart, native of Florida, it does get hot and humid in August and September, and his team did not handle the humidity well? Yeah, they got Tony, that, I, that, I, is, I, I, that is your rationalization of the year. Tony, yeah. I mean, I can top that. He, he said for the last two years, we have to learn how to win at Florida State. Are you kidding me? <laughs> really? Uh, we, I mean, no sports. We have uh, to learn how to win. Well, I, yeah, I know that game, that game got moved at the last minute, but th- those stands look like, uh, you know, Stanford Stadium half-filled half and uh, uh, a lot of disinterest. But, Tony, yeah, I can tell you, and there is no humidity in Boise that I know of. I've been there many times. But I'll tell you what, when I was there last time in training camp, the Boise State team, after they practice, they jump in the Boise River uh, in their post game, and it's like, probably you know 45 degrees coming out of the, you know out of the mountains and that's i think that's the key to their success you know that ice treatment right after practice but yeah they were the they were in the fourth quarter they just warmed down that was that was uh that was that was mm-hmm. surprising all right uh so where were we back on top tony you so rudely interrupted but uh big biggest surprise i like that addition um Mark Blauchin, oh, do, oh, you, yeah, we were with, with you. You mentioned that. Tony, do you have a biggest surprise, or you just you want to stick to your rationalization of the year? I'll, 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 I'll stick with the rationalization. I mean, because and, and, Tennessee losing was, was, was by far the biggest surprise okay. by far in the world. Now, I'm going to pick up on you and, and uh, go, uh, stay down your way and biggest surprise. To me, it wasn't a surprise they won, but the LSU Tigers – Mm-hmm. Running the yes, spread formation, the spread, and this is and I can you know USC people must be just going crazy because Ed Orgeron could have been their coach, should, probably should have mm-hmm. been their coach, but they're doing uh, you know they're they're doing the, the two programs are doing the same thing. They both went to spread offenses, two traditionally run oriented programs, tailback use, uh, but. To see what uh, Joe Burrow and and the boys did, that was that to me was an eye opener in the in the SEC West. Tony, I thought. Well, let, let me tell, and, and I'm going to write about this um, later in the week. Is that if you look at what Ed Orgeron has done since he got to LSU, he has taken every problem that LSU had that he inherited and found a way to fix it. They, did, they didn't have a quarterback. They, Danny Etling was the quarterback, okay? What did he do? He went out, and before there was a transfer portal, he went out and found Joe Burrow, who was ready to leave Ohio State, brought him in. They, were, they didn't have a good scheme offensively. He tried Matt Canada, and it didn't work, all right? So he fires Matt Canada and brings in Joe Brady from the Saints to install the RPO. Now it's worked, Okay. When they needed a kicker, he went out to Assumption College and he found one who won a Cole Tracy. He won a couple of games last year. Yeah. And oh, by the way, he had Dave Aranda on his staff, and and uh, Jimbo Fisher came after Dave Aranda, his defensive coordinator, and they said, well, "What do we got to do to keep him? We got to make him the highest paid assistant in college football." Dave Aranda now makes two point five million dollars because Ed Orgeron was not going to let him go. So my point is. Orgeron has done, and, and I'll tell you this: if, if they can beat Texas, 
on Saturday at Texas, it'll be the biggest win in Ed Orgeron's career. And Tony, tell me if I'm wrong. I I think their come to Jesus moment last year was was the Alabama game when they you know they prepared all year for that game, sort of in the conventional approach, right? That you can play defense. And, mm-hmm. and control the ball with a great running game, except when you can't run against Alabama on the, on the two teams you need to beat in the in the conference, and you score zero, and they score, well, I think it was right. 29 or whatever. 29, 29 nothing. Then they realize we got to change. or I mean, well, until, unless they realign the conferences or the leagues, the divisions, yep. we can't win. No, and I, I've had that conversation with it always wrong. They played their asses off in that game and hold Alabama to 29. (laughs) That's how good Alabama's offense is. And so, yeah, yeah. you've got to score more points. And you're not going to line up and run the ball at Alabama. Right. And, you know, and it was was fun to watch these two. And it's a shame that JT Daniels – Torres ACL in the second quarter against Fresno because, you know, he's he's running the the spread with uh, Graham Harrell – and boy, he came out and he was throwing darts. I mean, it was a it was exciting. He completed like ten of his first eleven. Uh, but now they're uh, you know they're down to uh, starting another true freshman this week. Uh, and I guess I guess that's the uh, uh, you know this other story of the weekend was sort of the, the transfer the transfer quarterbacks. And uh, um, you look at what uh, Jalen Hurts did. Um, who else am I missing? Even Kelly Bryan in in defeat had a uh, you know pretty big game uh, for Missouri. Um, Jesse Fields, yes, very very uh, another kind of an eye opener. Um, uh, Jacob, uh, Jacob Jacob East, your Jacob boy, Eason. your yep. boy Jacob, yep. and that made me kind of recalibrate uh, Washington a little bit because if he's that good, um, you know, and they have a dynamic quarterback and they have. The first or second best coach in the league. That's how you, you know, quarterback coach combination. Uh, they might be better than I thought they'd be. Um, let's go on to, uh, let's go on to what what do we learn? Um, and if anybody has a, a thoughts on that, what what do we what have we learned so far, Tony? Uh, I like this because you do this a lot in your in your column. Uh, what did you learn this weekend, or even after the first two weekends? Uh, if anything, I, I think when we learned Georgia, Georgia won thirty to six against Vanderbilt, and made it look easy. They were they were just a, a running machine, and uh, I think that just it'll be interesting when they play Notre Dame here uh, in a couple of weeks. I think we learned that the SEC. Is, I agree with the Lutes. The SEC is top heavy, but uh, all of a sudden. Uh, LSU looks like a contender. Oklahoma looks like a contender uh, to be on that same line with Clemson and Alabama and Georgia. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah. Again, you don't you don't want to you don't want to freak out and and say too much after a first game. But right. early on, those are the those are the indications. Mark Mark Blouch and what what did you what have you learned so far? Well, I I think the one thing I, I did notice was that the the Big Ten which has had been shut out the last couple of years in the Final Four, has had problems with losing non-conference games to, to nondescript teams. Certain teams have gotten the message almost to the uh, opposite end. Uh, Maryland and, and uh, Penn State both scored 79 points. 
uh, Michigan State won easily. I say I think the message has gotten through. You better win your non-conference games with the East. So you need some solid points when it comes down to crunch time, or you're going to get left out again. I think that's the one thing I learned after one week. Uh, Tom Lucci, have you learned learned anything? Are you still there? Have you learned? To... I'm here. Okay. Tom, have you learned anything? What have you learned? What have you learned after? Uh, first of all, first of all, let me let me say this. I learned I, I made a mistake. Uh, I, I mentioned that uh, San Diego State in Minnesota, Tennessee, South Dakota State, San Diego State, uh, beat Weber State. So okay. let me correct that before you have people call you and go crazy. And uh, well, I think we learned, uh, yeah, I think we learned that the uh, the Big Twelve again is going to be Texas, Oklahoma, as long as Texas gets its running back situation straight now with the injuries. But yeah. um, you know, Iowa State twenty nine twenty six over Northern Iowa, West Virginia twenty to thirteen over JMU. Uh, can't tell yet about TCU. Um, so, yeah, and Baylor, again, can't tell about them yet. They often see at Boston. So it looks like it's going to come down to those two again, and unless a Baylor or TCU can jump up, but it doesn't look like anybody else in that, in that league can touch them. Right. Uh, what have I learned? I, I've learned that, uh, that Chip Kelly may not be the coach at UCLA that he was. 10 years ago and through two weeks, I mean, they lost to Cincinnati. They look worse this year against Cincinnati in the opener than they did last year in the opener. I didn't see any progression. I didn't see any innovation. I saw no tempo that he made famous. He got stuck with a quarterback. I think that he doesn't like, or is a guy, guy had four turnovers, turnovers. And interestingly, this quarterback, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. It came from Bishop Gorman in Nevada, which all their last two quarterbacks were, have been Tate Martell and uh, and Dorian Thompson Robinson, four five star guys that apparently can't play. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how this happens. I mean, try to talk to talk to some uh, uh, recruiters, and I look, uh, Urban Meyer recruited this guy, but it, how does this happen? I mean, that that these guys. Uh, is it because they just played for high, uh, a powerhouse high school program that uh, kind of hit all of their blemishes? Or that's a, that's a strange one to me. But um, I don't know. Th- I don't think these guys can play. They're, they're not Tua. They're not Trevor. Uh, so it's just and they're not maybe Justin Fields. So um, that was an odd series, by the way. Though what to think about it? If you think about it, UCLA Cincinnati. Oh. Just struck me as odd. <laughs> You know, well. they, they, they would play. And, and let me tell you, Denver State is not easy to play in without no. playing back in June. I've been there several times. So uh, it's a small little uh, quaint stadium that can be very tough. But it just seems to me like that's an odd. Like, why would UCLA want that series? I don't I don't know. I don't, I don't and, know. and and uh, that's, that's, that's nothing but danger. It's fraught with danger. And, you know, they're there. And they, now they have to play San Diego State and other ones like why? Okay. Uh, log- I guess logistically that makes sense, but then they play Oklahoma in a couple weeks. I mean, how are you supposed to get uh, anything going there when uh, you're going to yeah. be zero and three? So uh, they can stay away from the American. I think didn't they have trouble with Memphis last year? Uh, if you mean yeah, losing to Memphis, yeah. If that if you call that trouble, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe stay away from the American and try something else. I don't know. That's right. That's right. All right, let's get to really quickly because we've gone we've gone overtime here, but. Uh, uh, big games this week. There's not, well, obviously not as many, but let's the big ones that we've sort of mentioned: Tony, uh, Texas A&M, and uh, 
at Clemson, uh, does the, do the Jimbo's have? Uh, they obviously they 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 played him great last year, but can they re- repeat that performance? I think it's going to be really difficult because uh, you know not only do you have Trevor Lawrence and all those great wide receivers at Clemson, Justin Ross and those guys. Now you've got easily one of the top three running backs in college football in Travis Etienne, and Georgia Tech just didn't have an answer for him. Uh, the other night. So I think it's going to be hard to do both. Uh, it'll be good atmosphere, 3.30 in the afternoon. Yeah. It'll, uh, I think Texas A&M can hang in there, but I can't see them winning. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned, uh, Lucci, you mentioned L- uh, Texas, uh, LSU at Texas, and uh, I said LSU just looked great, and Texas has uh, running back issues. Uh, I, li- I, th- I liked LSU maybe comfortably in this game. What about you? Tom? Yeah, no, no. I, I, Texas, I don't know about comfortably um, okay. because I think Erlinger's, uh, this is his year. So no. I, I don't know. They still have a lot of talent. It, it, it seems like this should be the year when, you know, Herman, all that recruiting starts to kick in. I, I wouldn't say easily, but okay. I can see LSU going in and, and maybe being a little more physical on defense than Texas is used to, especially in the Big 12. But yeah, I can see LSU winning, but not easily. The, the game, yeah, the game. One game that intrigues me because it could sort of, we could see a team kind of emerge. How about Nebraska, Colorado? Yeah, it's kind yeah. of an interesting game, right? I, I just think Nebraska is, you know, we don't know yet. Obviously, the good, good situation at quarterback and that offense, and and Frost and Colorado's come off a win in yeah. Colorado State. Yeah, I, that and they, me a little bit. They look good, Tony, and we we had a chance to sit down with. Uh, with Mel Tucker at the championship game after he took yep. the Colorado job, and that's a, he's a, came from the Georgia staff. Uh, very impressed with him before he coached to down at Colorado. But I saw some of that game in Colorado. You know, it just basically just writ, new coach uh, written off, to, predicted to finish last in the in that division. But uh, I like I like what I've seen so far from your guy. Yeah, I thought I thought I thought you know you're looking. You're looking at a, them against the Colorado State team. Mike Bobo's team is trying to bounce back, and I thought uh, I thought the bus played pretty well. And yeah. so, you know, it's it's all about in that job. It's all about recruiting, and you yeah. got to go out to California and get some players. Yep. And if they can do that, I think I, I particularly and the 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 where that division is right now. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think there's an opportunity there. Yeah, it's it's Utah, I think, and uh, Utah was I thought was the most impressive team uh, in the league, and they and as you many of us thought, they're they're solid and uh, uh, look good. But yeah, you I think you're right. Um, t- uh, Mark Blouch and uh, what's catching you? I got a game. That's wait, wait, just, wait, wait, wait. Just off the radar. Okay, just are the beasts? But I, I, I think it's pretty pretty interesting. Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio State, games in Columbus. Yeah, the looks like you know, nice job in Cincinnati. He played at Ohio State. He coached at Ohio State. He knows what it's about. He won't be intimidated. His team won't be intimidated. Uh, it's a dangerous game for Ohio State because because it was, everyone expects him to win. If Cincinnati wins that game, it, it, it'll validate Cincinnati and, and, and knock Ohio State out of them. I think it's an interesting game. Yeah. Are the BC Eagles playing this week? Are they? Yeah, they, they play Richmond. They're 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 out of bye. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think anything else. Oh, Stanford uh, out west. There's nothing much going on. Stanford is at USC. Battle of could be the backup quarterbacks, but uh, uh, that's about it. It's kind of a light week for marquee games. 
but uh, it, yes, it will get better. Last thought, thought, Chris. Uh, Mark was right. D'Antonio was seven and six last year. I just looked it up. Past three years coming into this year, the big, the best coach in the Big Ten is twenty and eighteen. Yeah, but he was coming into this season out, coming off the maybe the worst bowl game played in, in the last twenty years. Yep. Seven. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. That's something I, I happen to agree with Mark. I think he's an excellent coach. He really is consistency yeah. over the career. But I'm just my point is nobody in the Big Ten as a coach jumps right. out at you as saying this is one of the top five seven coaches in, yeah. in America. That's well, the, the only rocks the only rock star left town. And right. and yeah, uh, absolutely. And the other, and the other guy that that was supposed to be the rock star, Jim Harbaugh, uh, we let them slip a little bit, but they did, you know, they did, they did not look great for a half at least against Middle Tennessee, the Fighting uh, Blue Raiders. Yeah. So all right, <laughs> pull that one out. Uh, all right, we good guys. We're good. Good should discussion. Be, should be a good week. I think we're going to see some surprises this week. I really do. All right. So, we'll all, we'll, I, I was looking over the matchups. I think we're going to see some surprises. So let's see what happens. Okay. Uh, we're out. Adios, everyone. Come all next right, week. boys. Take care. See you later. Good job.